Good to see y'all in the house of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, we're going to make this about as easy as I possibly can. Turn to Exodus, the second chapter, and we'll begin reading in verse 23 here in a minute. Now, while you're turning there and getting prepared to read, there was a song that was sung in the days of old that went like this. It said, I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pity every groan. In the scripture neighborhood of our text, we've located this message in the book of Exodus in chapter 1 and 2, and we're going to be looking at, at uh, quite a few uh, verses in chapter 1, so uh, you might want to be uh, getting prepared for that. In fact, if we were to study this lesson closely, we will notice that Exodus really picks up where Genesis discontinues as it gives us the ancient description of how the children of Israel went from the episodes of years of Joseph to the affairs of Moses. I noticed that these scriptures advance us from the stages of being blessed to an era of being in bondage, being enslaved, and being suppressed. And if we were to recall the events of the nation of Israel, at one point in time, it seems as though the Israelites felt comfortable and content with living in Egypt and with the living arrangements that they were under there in Egypt. And I think that I need to pause early here and tell someone that we ought not to get comfortable and content in the living arrangements and in a bondage situation. I also noticed something else while they were in Egypt. While they were residing in Egypt, we see that they developed in their population and in their strength. You find that in chapter 1, verse 7. But what they didn't know, what they didn't understand, is that Egypt was not their permanent home. And what they didn't know is that Pharaoh's plans were to starve them to death. In fact, his agenda was to oppress them not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. So under the thumb of Pharaoh, they were facing alienation. They were facing elimination. They were facing extermination. The scripture declared in chapter 1, and you see this in verse 13 of, of Exodus, that the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. Now that word rigor means with harshness. Verse 14 goes on to say, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field, all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. There's that word again, harshness. The children of Israel were going through a whole lot of trouble at this particular time. They were in a very desperate situation. The children of Israel were dealing with hardships. They were dealing with some pain, and I can only imagine that the agony was almost unbearable because why? They were slaves. They were living 
under the bondage of the Egyptians. And and I go back to what I said earlier about what I told you about not being comfortable and content in living arrangements in, in bondage situations. And that is exactly what I am talking about. And some of us may be feeling just like the children of Israel. Sometimes you may find yourself enduring an overwhelming amount of suffering and misery within your life. And the question is still, just like it was for them, what shall I do? How do I deal with this position that I'm in? Can I tell you that in the time of harsh conditions that it is typical for some people to reply upon their emotions to deal with their troubles and their disappointments. Some of us rely on our emotions to deal with our displeasures, to deal with discouragement. But I think I need to stop here again and 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 tell someone that needs this message that in our time of need is the time when we need to seek the Lord. In our time of trouble is the time when we need to seek the face of the Lord. And that is exactly the position that these Israelites are in. They needed to make some life-changing decisions. Because while they were going through all of this trouble, all of this heartache, uh, you know, these hardships, the children of Israel had to make some decisions. They they had to come to grips with some things. After the suffering in chapter 1 and most of chapter 2, they had to make some life-changing choices. And some of us that are dealing with the pressures of life, those of us that are pressured with the weight and the forces of stress, we need to follow uh, that, that, that advice as well. And we're going to look at this now more closely in the second chapter of Exodus, and and I'm going to begin reading in verse 23, and it says, And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of their bondage, or they groaned because of their bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groanings, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect or acknowledged unto them. Now, I want you to look in verse 23, and I want you to see their first response. And their first response was to cry. Their bondage in Egypt gave them cause to cry. And someone that is here today might be going through what you were going through, some hardship, some pain, some suffering, whatever it might be, and it just might make you want to cry. And and don't misunderstand what I'm saying here, folks. Crying is all right, but I think that I need to tell someone that crying by itself won't make your problems go away. Crying alone won't take care of the problems that you are facing. In fact, sometimes crying will send you 
into a deeper, darker space of depression. Sometimes crying will make you feel like you're just simply giving up. Sometimes crying will make you feel all alone. It'll make you feel like you have nobody to turn to and you're all by yourself. And I've seen at at times that when some of us uh, uh, cry, we will often respond to the situation with our emotions and sometimes it seems to make matters worse for us. So, uh, you know, I want you to think about that as we study this, this, this lesson today. Now, but on the other hand, sometimes crying relieves the pain. Sometimes crying will become the release valve, if you will, the the regulator, the the spigot for relief. Sometimes crying can be good for us. But here again, I reiterate, crying alone won't always fix the problem. At times when we cry, God is simply waiting for us to settle down with our emotions so that he can minister to us. We need to understand that God wants us to be to to uh to do something about what causes us to cry. Although God knows that that we have all of these different kinds of emotions in our life because after all he's the one who gave us our emotion and and he knows that our emotions are normal but God wants us to know this he is well able to take care of our problems because God has been in the problem solving business long before we ever seen our very first problem so let me interject something here now God's rescue doesn't always come the moment we want it to God had promised to bring the Hebrew slaves out of Egypt. The people had waited uh, a long time for that promise to be kept, but God rescued them when he knew the right time had come. God knows the best time to act. So when you feel like that God has forgotten you in your troubles, I want you to remember that God has a time schedule that we can't see. Something else that I want to interject here real quickly is this. Some problems, if especially small problems, small problems need only small answers. But when we face great problems, God has the opportunity to exercise his great power. As the Hebrews trouble grew steadily worse. You know, it was like uh, uh, you've probably experienced this at some point in your life where you're having a bad day and your day starts off the wrong way and it just progressively goes downhill. Well, that that's the way the, the Hebrews were there in Egypt. Their trouble began and it grew steadily worse. And God planned to intervene with his mighty power and perform miracles to deliver them. So that leads me to ask you a question today. How big are your problems? How big are your problems? Because big problems put you in the perfect position to watch God give big answers. But here's the secret. We have to be careful in life because sometimes our troubles are because of our own actions and our own deeds. 
because many of the trials and tribulations that the children of Israel experienced were brought on because of their own foolishness and failures to put God first. Some of their problems were because they just made some bad choices. And because of their erroneous choices, because of their mistakes, because of their shortcomings, whatever uh, 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 title you want to put on it, it brought them into an era of pain and misery. So what was the resolution? What was their resolve? What did they do? The Bible says that they cried out to the Lord. That was their first response. And again, remember the realization that crying alone won't fix the problem. But I think that they finally tap into something. Let's let's peep back into verse 23 again. Because the children of Israel cried. That was their first response. But then in their crying, they added the most important ingredient necessary. And I want you to look at what they did. They cried out and their cry came up before God. Oh, what a powerful resolution. Here's my argument. I believe that when we just sit in the corner and we're crying and sucking on our thumb, we're not gaining any traction. In fact, we're doing the exact opposite of what God expects us to do. God doesn't mind us crying, but by him being our God, he wants us to cry out to him with our needs. Now, I'm not just saying sitting around uh, uh, whining and complaining, but uh, I'm talking about adding an additive to it. Cry out to God because, believe it or not, he desires to set us free from the things that are oppressing us. For the Israelites, and you see this in verse 24, it says that God heard their crying and then he remembered his covenant. He remembered his pledge. He remembers the promise that he made with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And and here's a word for somebody. And that is when you press God for spiritual needs, you're going to get spiritual results. Some of us may know how the children of Israel were feeling. Some of us have been through the fire. Some of us have been through the floods. Some of us have dealt with the brutality of others. And some of us were enslaved by some ungodly situation. There are so many people who have been beaten, who have been oppressed, who have been imprisoned by the restraints of the devil, and it seems like things are not changing one bit. But in verse 24, it is said that God remembered. That's enough to shout on right there. God remembered. God remembered me in the times that I was going through all of the bad situations. God remembered and did not forget. Someone can shout for this point on because some of you can remember that God remembered. God remembered 
the promises that he made. And and you do know that he is a promise keeper. Yes, he he is. But God remembered the covenant that he had made to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So when he heard the cries of his children, something happened. Something shifted. Something began to change. Please know that a sincere and candid cry to the Lord is our way of petitioning him for a response. People of God, the Lord will hear your cry. And not only will he hear your your cry out to him, but he's able to answer your call. And verse 25 proves that to us because in verse 25 it tells us, and God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. So, So here it is. Moses' people are suffering. And God responded to the cries of his people. But I want you to understand, about 40 years had passed between Exodus, the second chapter, verse 23, and Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. Between Moses' flight to Midian and the response of God to the cries of his people. The king of Egypt had died. This was obviously the same king who had sought to arrest and and execute Moses because of the very fact that his death is mentioned suggests that he was the same king and now Moses was free to return to Egypt. That's who God was going to use to lead them out of there. So you see, God had to uh, wait. God had to allow some things to happen before Moses could go back in. It is said that he could now uh, return to Egypt without being arrested. So The Israelites suffered. They cried under the heavy weight of their enslavement. But remember, the Israelites were suffering severe, inhuman oppression. They were being forced to labor for the state. They were being worked ruthlessly. They were given back-breaking, very crushing tasks to do. They were being viciously mistreated abused, beaten, and slowly killed off in order to control the population growth. And they cried under the bitterness of their enslavement. You know, when Joseph was ruling Egypt, the people were comfortable. They had plenty of food. They had plenty of everything else, living a life of ease, but not now. Egypt no longer meant comfort. It no longer meant plenty. It no longer meant ease. Egypt meant enslavement, a life of hard labor and harsh treatment. And I want to tell you this. They cried out to God. Who else could they cry out to? You know, it's just like King David last week when we talked about him being out there in the middle of that Judean desert and he was surrounded by his adversaries. He was running from his son. And what did he do? He cried out to the master because he had nowhere else to to turn. He had no one else to call to. And that's exactly what the children of Israel did. And when they cried out to God, God heard them. And just like the Lord heard them, he can hear you also. All we have to do is cry out to him. 
Be sincere about it. Want to make some life-changing decisions to get ourselves out of whatever is oppressing us, whatever is holding us back. Cry out to the Lord and he will hear you and he will answer you. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. We just thank you for all the blessings that you bestow upon us each and every day, Father. We just thank you for this time that we've had together today, this time of of fellowship where we have come together to worship you, to glorify you, Father, to not only sing praises to you, but to hear your word proclaimed. Father, just help us take your word to heart. Help us understand that when we're in that situation that we want to get out of, that we can cry out to you. Father, I just ask that you be with each one that's here today, that you bless each one that is here today, that you continue to protect us in this very challenging time, Father. I just pray that is we leave this place that you'll just watch out that over us that you'll guide us that you will direct us father and and we've heard a lot of prayer requests today we've got some folks with some very serious illnesses and ailments and father we just ask for healing where healing needs to to transpire we we pray for comfort where there is hurt father we pray that that you will give peace where where there is uh, the loss of life so father we just ask that 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 you be with all these people and in these prayer requests today we just ask that you reach out to them wrap your arms around them your loving arms around them father and that you meet the need that they have Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity today, Father. And I can't can't pray without asking that you bless us with some rain that, that we need once again. It's getting dry, Father, and only you can, can send it. So just watch over us, Father, care for us, and bring us back at the next appointed hour. In your Son's name we pray. Amen.